Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Karen and I are chatting about a focus on festive foods today. We're going to fast forward to Christmas Day and chat about enjoying traditional Christmas meals, getting the balance right, knowing that we're getting lots of amazing as well as delicious nutrients. We're going to share with you our suggestions for a balanced festive plate, following an 80-20 approach so you get a little of what you fancy, and how to socialise in a healthy way with friends and family. Welcome to the Food Force Spotlight series. For us, food is never just fuel. It provides a wide range of nutrients to support the many aspects of our health and also to promote physiological adaptations for our running performance. These short informative episodes are dedicated to food and meal planning. We'll spotlight key foods to support your running and we'll share tips and suggestions to give you big results in your running performance. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. everyone i'm karen and i'm here with aileen and as always we're going to share something personal with you about our nutrition or running before we move on to discuss today's topic which is a focus on festive foods so that should be an interesting topic so aileen today's question is um keeping on the christmas theme do you love a christmas um meal a traditional christmas meal or do you prefer something else Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Um, well, I'm pretty happy to go with the flow, depending on who I'm spending Christmas with. My my family tend to prefer a less traditional Christmas, um, but I really like elements of a traditional Christmas meal, um, especially all the seasonal vegetables. So uh, I love preparing those. Um, over the years, as a family, we've had quite a lot of Christmas holidays abroad. Um, so if I've been staying somewhere where I can cook, I, I really do love following the local traditions, which is a, a really nice thing to do. And one of one of my favourite um, memories is food shopping on Christmas Eve in Venice, um, which was absolutely uh, very romantic and lovely. And um, the the Venetians celebrate um, with a fish meal on Christmas Eve. So we went to the Rialto Bridge Fish Market on Christmas Eve morning uh, to do our shopping, which was very exciting. And uh, one of my other lovely memories of, of Venice was we queued for almost an hour outside an artisan cheese shop um, where all the locals were queuing up for their Christmas cheese and. Um, I basically just listened to the lady ahead of me and uh, I bought what she had and uh, it was very nice too. So, uh, yeah, I love uh, I love cooking and I love doing all the traditional stuff. Um, Karen, I was just wondering, you know, have you got any family food traditions? 
Well, Aileen, I have to say, I'm certainly not going to be able to top your Venice experience. I just think that sounds wonderful and romantic, like you say, and sort of listening to the Italian lady in front of you and then choosing, because it's got to be good if, it, if the Italians are choosing it. So, um, But no, I have to say our Christmases tend to be very traditional because we t- tend to spend them with um, either set of parents, one set of parents, and, and both sets do like to have the traditional turkey with all the trimmings. Now, now, clearly, I'm vegetarian, so I don't partake in the turkey. So, um, but I do like you. I love uh, most of the seasonal vegetables. So I'll, I'll have everything else that goes with it, but I'll, I'll tend to make my some something else for myself and and anybody else who wants to try it. But but I have to say, I don't normally get many takers for for my main course. They all go for the turkey because I am the only vegetarian in the, in, in both sides of the family. And um, I, I do tend to make uh, maybe a festive nut roast or a vegetable and chestnut wellington or something similar to that. So it tends to be something that I wouldn't normally eat um, on a day to day basis, just so that it feels special and it feels like a, 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 it's a celebratory meal. So, so those are the types of things that I would that I would choose. But, but like I say, yeah, overall, it's a very traditional Christmas day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sir. It's nice to be traditional. Yeah, absolutely. That's all part of the experience in many ways, isn't it, for many people? Okay, so for today's topic, we are going to fast forward to Christmas Day and and just chat about enjoying a traditional Christmas meal and um, getting the balance right, knowing that we're getting lots of lots of amazing as well as delicious nutrients um, while still enjoying all those festive foods. Now, during our last episode, we did talk about some simple tips and practices to apply to your food and drink choices over the, the whole of the festive period, not just Christmas Day, and um, how to realistically plan and manage our exercise and running over the holiday period. So today, what we'll do is we'll talk about the wonderful seasonal foods that you can get, uh, which tend to really be included as, as part of a traditional Christmas meal and really showcase their nutritional value so that you know that the foods that you are enjoying and indulging in are also um, giving you some some key nutrients. So what we're going to do is we're going to share with you our suggestions for a balanced festive plate an 80-20 approach, so a little of what you fancy is okay, and then socialising with friends and family. So let's start with the balanced festive plate, Aileen. What what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think first of all, what I'd like to say is that Christmas is a celebration and enjoying the traditional festive foods is part of that celebration. So I personally think we should embrace it. I don't think we should try to um, limit ourselves. Um, And I also think that many of the festive foods at this time of the year are actually full of nutritional value. So we we can embrace that too. Um, So last week, as you said, Karen, we we touched on... um, some aspects of festive eating that maybe aren't quite so positive. So we we talked about overeating and the tendency to have extra large portions. Um, So perhaps it's not so much about um, the foods that we choose to eat, um, but it's about um, 
the the problem that we have regarding potential weight gain and feeling bloated and sluggish might be more of a result of how much we eat and and it's really important that we think about that because it might have a knock-on effect on our energy the next day and our and our training run as well um so we've got to just um sort of have a have a balanced approach really and and the easiest way to do that is to follow our everyday plate balance at at every meal time Um, so breakfast lunch and dinner and as everybody will know I'm sure everybody could tell us this because we talk about it all the time Karen so our balanced plate is having a quarter of a plate of protein a quarter of a plate of carbohydrates and half a plate of non-root vegetables Um, so on Christmas day following that same balance um is is what you do it's simple really um, you might find that your christmas day portions might be a little bit bigger but i think if you get all three elements um on your plate in proportion that's really going to be supportive for you yeah and i think that's really great advice like you say Aileen, we do repeat it a lot but i think it's really important so so just thinking about that plate balance shall we look at that quarter of plate of protein that you mentioned have a look look at that first so the obvious choice here would be turkey and um and just thinking about turkey and its nutrition nutrient value it is lean it's low in fat and it's also protein rich and um it is suggested that or the nutrition data that you can go on to the website you can go on to lists a hundred gram portion of turkey breast containing approximately seven grams of protein so it is a really high protein source but turkey also contains the branch chain amino acids which as we know are important for that muscle building and it's also rich in tryptophan now tryptophan is the precursor to serotonin and melatonin so it can really help to regulate mind mood cognition and can also help with sleep so turkey is a, is, a, is a really great source um, of or a great nutrient source. And it also contains vitamin B3, B6, B12, choline, selenium and zinc. So a, a huge amount of nutrients within it. So if you're thinking about having a larger portion of anything at that meal table on Christmas Day or as a snack, maybe turkey is the one to choose um, because you know that you'd be sort of really feeding the body well as well as supporting your um, your training, your running training. Okay, so let's think about other protein sources. Aileen, what would you suggest as, as alternatives to uh, turkey? Well, I, I guess on Christmas Day, you, you sort of mentioned this earlier, Karen, that you know people choose food that they regard as a luxury, so some kind of a celebration. So, I, you know, any kind of meat, so like beef, lamb, pork, or, or poultry, such as duck or goose, would be a typical choice. Um, if you're not a meat eater, maybe you're thinking about fish, so salmon or trout would be um, a sort of, again, a, a a typical choice and you could cook that in any way that you you like and then you know if you're vegetarian or vegan um, the suggestions you made were lovely a nut roast or a kind of uh, vegetable um what was it you said yeah that sounded really nice so um yeah I, I think there's you know you don't have to be traditional you can choose whatever you want but it's really important that you have that protein element so um one year I, I actually made a, 
uh, nut loaf um because I quite like vegetarian food even though I'm not a vegetarian and sometimes it's nice to have a half portion of both you know so you could have a portion of turkey and the vegetarian portion um so the nut loaf I made had chestnuts walnuts sage and cranberries and they're all very seasonal foods um and um you know they're lovely to have at this time of year so if we think about um the chestnuts um they do contain protein fat and carbohydrate um so just to give you an idea um a hundred grams of chestnut actually only includes two grams of protein so not that much you know you tend to we tend to forget you know we think of nuts as being a protein and fat food but on that particular type of nut there isn't a lot of protein in it um they contain 36 grams of carbohydrate and 2.7 grams of fat so this is all based on that 100 gram portion so the the fat content is actually quite low compared to other nuts so if you compare it with walnuts 30 grams of walnuts contain 18.5 grams of fat um so, you know, there's pros and cons for choosing chestnuts from a nutritional point of view. Um, but if I um, if I make a, a nut loaf or a roast, I'll add lentils and maybe some plain uh, protein powder just to try and increase the protein content a little bit. Um, so other things that ch- chestnuts uh, contain, they're, they're high in fiber, they have vitamin C, potassium, um, which is really important for regulating blood pressure and also for electrolyte balance. And they also contain uh, polyphenols such as gallic acid, and that helps promote insulin response, which will help to uh, balance blood sugar. So there's a lot going on mm-hmm. with chestnuts as well as them being really tasty. Um, and one of the things that I tend to do, in fact, I've already bought them this year, is I've bought sachets of pre-cooked chestnuts um, because it, it's just they're there and it's easy and, and I make use them in lots of different recipes and, and I don't want the shops to run out so I buy ahead. Probably one of the people are causing them to run out actually <laughs> I do that. Uh, but I, I did have an incident a few years ago which I know I've shared before was when I got fresh um, chestnuts and I roasted them in the oven and I forgot to score the bottom of the nuts with a with a knife. And what happened was they all exploded in the oven. Uh, so, so my top tip is if you're doing fresh chestnuts, remember to just score them with a sharp knife. And then that will release the steam. And um, you won't have to clean the oven that I have to do. <laughs> It was quite. I was, you know, sitting having a cup of tea, thinking, "What is that noise coming from?" And that was the exploding chestnuts. Yeah, so that that's um, you know some ideas of things that you could put in a in a nut loaf. Um, I mentioned walnuts um, earlier, um, so they're a great seasonal um, nut, um, and we, you know people do tend to have them available at this time of year. I know you and I eat them all year round, but mm-hmm. you might find that people that don't eat nuts suddenly they've got walnuts available. Um, so they're great. They contain really good quality fats, so the monounsaturated fats, the polyunsaturated fats, and they're also a really good source of the essential fatty acids, um, so omega-3s. And uh, we've talked about these before, and they've got really great anti-inflammatory properties. Um, and walnuts also contain micronutrients, so you get things like biotin, manganese, vitamin E, B6, um, 
So all of the nutrients in in walnuts are are really helpful for supporting brain health, the mind and mood, and also for heart health. Um, So you can know that you're doing yourself some good if you include some walnuts in uh, in your nut roast. And I mentioned a couple of other things. I mentioned sage. Um, So sage is a medicinal and culinary herb. You usually use it in very small amounts, um, but it does contain some micronutrients, so vitamin K, magnesium, zinc, and copper. Um, so you'll uh, you'll know you're getting some goodness there. And then finally, my my other uh, ingredient that I use a lot over Christmas are the cranberries, and so I, I use them in that nut roast recipe. So will everybody will be familiar with with cranberries they're they're dark red berries they've got a very sharp sour taste so you you rarely eat them raw you tend to have them dried or juiced at this time of year Um, but you'll also find fresh or frozen cranberries available that you can add to any kind of seasonal recipes Um, and you know as we know that traditionally we tend to have cranberry sauce alongside turkey or cold cuts meat or alongside your nut roast um but i just sort of say to everybody be aware that cranberry sauce might be sugar laden so either make a homemade one with less sugar or or just read the label so that you're not overdoing the sugar so that that's my nut roast recipe karen mm, so delicious so what what um, you you mentioned that you uh, you know you've got some favorite vegetarian choices what what do you make on christmas day yes well um as i mentioned earlier alien i i do sometimes make a nut roast um that would be one of my principal options i think on christmas day or the the likes of the wellington because i don't tend to eat pastry um during the year maybe on the very odd occasion so it is a nice treat because i do like pastry um but and and i think when i'm making my nut roast it it tends to contain all the different kinds of nuts um that you mentioned the walnuts the chestnuts but I'll, I'll and I have those but I have an array of all the other nuts in there as well just all crushed up um but also I'll add the lentils and an egg to bind it as well so really quite it packs quite a punch when you think about the the protein content of that one meal um and what I tend to do as well you were speaking about the cranberry sauce and I'll make I'll make my own cranberry sauce to um to go alongside it and it works really well together I think so um Mm, yeah so you're actually making me think about uh, uh, making a a, a nut roast for this year's uh, Christmas day meal I think that might be on the menu Aileen (laughs) so so, okay so we've covered protein now maybe let's think about carbohydrate on Christmas day so you know in a Christmas meal your carbohydrate tends to come or could come from the root vegetables so the potatoes the carrots the parsnips they're all sort of really good traditional choices but as an alternative you could try thinking about roasting beetroot celeriac using sweet potato and you could have um, traditional potatoes white potatoes and sweet potato Um, and I think what the good news is about root vegetables is that they contain lots of fiber for a start but also uh, various other nutrients including potassium folate vitamin A and C, um, an array of the different B vitamins and also manganese. 
So, um, so root vegetables are very, very nutritious. Now, we all know that carbohydrate is important for fueling our running. However, if you are choosing to have lighter exercise and lighter activity generally, um, over the holiday periods or on some of the holidays days, um, it would be best to focus again on the smaller portion sizes of carbohydrates. So we're speaking about the quarter of a plate, but you could maybe reduce that slightly and um, either increase the amount of protein that you're having like the extra turkey we mentioned or increasing the vegetable intake so if you're going for seconds thinking about just having the vegetables so um so for every day like we say that the, um, the everyday nutrition you'd be looking at your quarter a plate of these different vegetables and um and and maybe a larger portion depending on what your training is but um but realistically you might decide to eat a bigger portion on christmas day but just remember to leave space for other festive foods so it's all about portion size and portion control so Aileen could you maybe talk talk us through what veggies would be good to add to our Christmas plate what would be your recommendations yeah well I think um you know we when we think about the vegetables probably most people are thinking well I didn't know root vegetables were just carbohydrates so they probably were thinking so all those vegetables would go on the the half a side of a plate so um it's it's a little bit tricky at christmas because we do like all those lovely uh, mm. roasted roots don't we mm. um but for the half a plate you know when we're thinking about our half a plate of vegetables um one of the things that you could fill up on would be Brussels sprouts. It wouldn't be Christmas without Brussels sprouts. And, and people either love them or hate them. Mm. Uh, luckily, I love them. And um, I think you can learn to love them if you're creative with your recipes. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a really great, powerful little uh, vegetable. They're a cruciferous vegetable and they contain uh, vitamin C, which is great for immune health, vitamin K, which is good for bone health as well as uh, blood clotting, potassium, as we've mentioned earlier, for electrolyte balance. And it also um, includes something called indole-3-carbonyl, and, and that's really important for promoting liver function, which is really good for hormonal balance um, because it helps to detoxify and excrete um, old hormones. So it's really great for us midlife uh, runners. So I'd you know, load up on the on the Brussels sprouts. And there are there are loads of Christmas recipes uh, for using Brussels sprouts. So what I tend to do is I'll parboil them and then I'll slice them and uh, mix them with um, things like chopped nuts or flaked almonds or maybe some chopped sun-dried tomatoes. Um, if you eat meat, you might want to add some chorizo or some smoked bacon. So I'll parboil them, I'll slice them, I'll maybe um, saute them with all of these different ingredients or or maybe finish them off in the oven with the different ingredients and you get a really nice nice flavor and a little bit of different textures which I think mm. makes it a little bit more easy for everybody to enjoy yeah, you, are, you are making them sound a bit more appealing Aileen I have to say well if you're just going to boil them to death they're not going to be very nice are they? so yeah treat your Brussels sprouts with some respect and uh, love <laughs> yeah so and another favorite of mine which I I can eat at any time of the year to be frank but um a festive favorite is to make a huge pot of spiced red cabbage um and I'll make that uh with apples and cranberries 
and a mix of spices. So usually I would use nutmeg, cinnamon and, and cloves. Um, so I chop everything up um, and I put it into a slow cooker. I add a little bit of apple cider vinegar and then I just slow cook it. I usually do it overnight. Um, and then oh, it's just gorgeous smell um, around the house with it. And then what I'll do is I'll batch it up and freeze it. So I can easily take it out for, for any meal. Um, so cranberries are, are fantastic uh, for um, helping with antibacterial um, properties. So they have compounds called proanthocyanins, uh, and these these um, nutrients help prevent urinary tract infections, which again, you know, sometimes runners are prone to. So it's uh, just good to know that that's what they're doing for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, that that they're my two things. I mean, there are so you, you know, there's no rules. Is that you can have whatever you want at Christmas. So any of the other salads or vegetables that you would normally have, you can have on your Christmas plate. It's just maybe everybody else in the family might say, "Why are you doing that?" Yes, yes, absolutely. But like you say, these two are very traditional festive foods, aren't they? And your spiced red cabbage sounds absolutely delicious, and the. The idea of that sort of cooking in the slow cooker and waking up to those festive smells in in the morning, you know, with the the nutmeg, the cinnamon, the cloves, that all sounds really lovely. So Mm. I might might actually um, try making that myself. Yeah, I do it ahead of time. I mean, I tend to do it, you know, the week before Christmas and then it's one Mm. job done. um, Yes. And then you can enjoy it, you know, either at home at Christmas or you know, in the winter months afterwards. Mm, mm, Delicious. Okay, so on the whole, what we're saying is if we follow a balanced plate for a traditional festive main meal, we're really having a healthy meal, providing the macro and the micronutrients that we need for everyday health, but also for our running training as well. However, it may be the extras that we are potentially eating that are not so healthy and, and that we're tempted to overeat so thinking about that let's now talk about how to use that 80 20 approach so that we can enjoy a little bit of what we fancy without overindulging so if you remember last week I shared that my approach is to have one treat every day um, so that I can enjoy the Christmas cake and the sweet mince pies that um, that I really love, but just managing my portion size, but having a little bit each day. Eileen, what would, what would be your advice on this? Well, I do it slightly differently, um, maybe not as controlled as you, Karen, so I tend to try to uh, make my, uh, I sort of focus on Christmas Day and Boxing Day as the days where I'll have whatever I, I like, really, and then I very much aim to get back to normal um, straight after Boxing Day, and then maybe I'll have another treat day on New Year's Day and then get back to normal again, and some of that, I think, goes back to my my life previously because you know many many years ago I worked in the catering and hospitality industry and it was December was a very busy month as you could imagine and Mm -hmm. so I didn't do anything for Christmas for myself until Christmas Eve uh, because I was so busy working so I've I've got this mentality about Christmas being only for two or three days um, which works well for me Mm -hmm. Um, but you know like you I'd rather have a small amount of the foods I love and miss them out completely um and one of my treats is cheese I love a cheese board so I prefer that almost more than 
desserts. Mm. Um, hence my, you know, wanting to queue at the cheese shop in Venice. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to Edinburgh this year, so I'll be queued, queuing at their cheese shop. Yes. Uh, a bit mm-hmm. of a treat. Um, and, and other things that I would do is, um, and again, I think we mentioned this last week, I, I prefer to eat homemade foods and I'll avoid processed foods, which are often loaded with trans fats and additives and extra sugar. So, for instance, I, you know, I think it's better to have a homemade sweet mince pie than a short ball one. So, again, you can you can almost you know that you're going to get better nutrients and usually fewer calories when you do things homemade. Um, so that's a sort of a bit of a principle that I would follow. Um, and then I think the other thing is just to be really aware of the, the hidden extras. So I remember last week we talked about how people um, gain weight uh, on average sort of one to two pounds in the two week Christmas period and, and only lose half of that afterwards, which, as we said, didn't seem very much. But cumulatively over a number of years, that's quite a few pounds. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, that's something to be aware of. But also it's not just about weight gain I think it's about energy levels it's about the impact on your digestion and and other symptoms so I know that if I eat and drink poorly I get stiff joints and that and I only know that when I go to do some exercise and then I think oh I don't wish I hadn't done that um so you've got to think about your whole health and how it's going to how it's going to affect you um so what what would the hidden extras be? Um, so things like the pre-dinner nibbles or the things that are available for us to nibble on. So the nuts, the crisps, the savoury pastries, uh, the bread, all of those sort of things. Um, do you get tempted by those, Karen, that they around? Yes, no, I do, Aileen. Um, sort of, the, especially the the nuts and the and the bread because I love bread dipped in um, olive oil. Mm. Um, but so I do get tempted by those. But I, again, I do try to resist them, and I might swap them and have the likes of olives around the crudite, sort of the you know, like the vegetable sticks, and I'll make my own hummus, and I'll maybe sort of. Um, spruce that up a bit by adding roasted um, uh, beetroot or maybe roasted butternut squash. So still keeping it seasonal and um, but 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 more healthy because I love hummus, all different types of hummus. Yeah, no, I think that's it's really great idea to have a mixture of things and then it's more alternative. So and um, I think your guests appreciate it as well because you know secretly we're all wanting to. Um, be as healthy as we can uh, as well as having some treats so um, I think that's a good one the the other sort of hidden extras might be all the accompaniments and trimmings that go on the the Christmas plate Um, and they're all lovely aren't they you know we we all like all these extra little things that we only get at Christmas so my tip there is enjoy them but make it small tastes and small portions so that you you're not um, overindulging um, but you can still enjoy them and then I think the other thing that can sometimes go wrong is uh, because it's all so delicious uh, we sometimes want second portions and you know our host and hostesses want to um, feed us and want us to try things uh, but I think you've got to just ask yourself do you do you need it um, and if you do try small portions so you know it's if, if it's like well I really would like another 
slice of turkey, have a small slice, or, or fill up on, on vegetables, as, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to desserts, a similar sort of approach, really. Uh, you know, the Christmas pudding and all the other things that are available um, have have small portions and maybe swap the uh, the accompaniments for healthier accompaniments. So, you know, maybe have some natural yogurt. Um, I know you like your Christmas pudding, Karen. Have you got any tips around that? I do with Christmas. Well, I tend to make my own Christmas pudding. I find this recipe, and I can't remember where, years ago, and it uses great big chunky bits of um dried fruit and there's lots of of fruit in it there's there's and and that is the sugar aspect because it's really sweet isn't it dried yeah. fruit. it's got likes of dried mango dried pineapple dried pears all these kinds of really sweet dried foods so um i don't need to put in the sugar and that makes mm-hmm. a huge difference and um, but it's still really tasty and it's got all the spices in there so it smells really christmassy and like you've just said Aileen um natural yogurt or frozen yogurt if you like that because I like the hot and cold of ice cream and hot Christmas pudding um so but I tend to use the frozen yogurt instead um but, but again looking for the the, the natural ones because again all these things can be laden with hidden sugars so it's about choosing the natural ones so so yeah. that is my tip there and I think if you get really good quality ingredients even though we know dried fruit is high in sugar you're going to get all the other nutrients so at least you're getting something good, exactly. good from it yes. um yeah and then I think the other thing um that we tend to overindulge with at Christmas is chocolate um, mm. as gifts and people hand them out after meals um so and I, I think you know it's a nice thing to do but I would go for the really good quality dark chocolates and and sometimes I'll make homemade chocolate as well at this time of year and it, it's very rich and intense but you because of that you don't tend to overeat it Mm. Um, so that would be my tip there and then you know we we talked a lot about alcohol last week didn't we Karen yes Um, so alcohol is definitely um hidden extra when it comes you know you could be doubling your calorific intake just because of all of the alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks that you might be having so again just be aware of it and um you know set yourself some some boundaries mm-hmm. uh, i don't think you should go without I, I really believe that you should enjoy everything um but decide what is going to be right for you and set your attention ahead of time and i think doing that is a really powerful thing to do and you know we you always talk about this 80 20 approach for everyday nutrition so allowing yourself 20% of the time off plan in a normal week uh, that so that would equate to if you were going to eat three meals a day so that would be four meals out of 21 meals so 20% isn't a lot mm-hmm. um so use it wisely yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people like think 20% is actually 50% um, <laughs> yes. so we've, got to be, we've got to keep coming back to that that little uh, powerful equation there mm-hmm. um, but maybe maybe over the festive period 20% just is not a realistic um 
goal, uh, you've got to make your own judgment and decide what would work for you. Um, but I think still having some kind of goal would be positive. So what I tend to do for myself is I always keep on plan for breakfast. And I would do this on any holiday. Um, I think always keep on plan for breakfast. And then try to keep on plan for one of the other meals during the day. So if I know that there's going to be a big meal in the evening, I'll be on plan at lunchtime. Or if I know lunch is going to be the, the time of the day where we're going to eat off plan, I'll make sure I get back back on plan for the evening. And that means that I'm not tempted to nibble and graze between meals because I've, I've eaten in the right balance at the other times. Um and it also means that I've got more freedom to choose whatever I like at the other meal when I'm with friends and family and, and enjoy a drink with them too. So that that's how I approach it. I don't know whether you've got any anything else to add there, Karen. Yeah, I did think that's quite a good idea, Aileen. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about my 80-20 in a way, doesn't it, on a daily basis if you're doing that. So you're staying on plan really for two meals in the day and off plan for one meal in the day and it, and it means that you don't snack either so in a way that's that is almost like an 80 20 approach it's a different yeah. way of thinking about it mm. yeah yeah and I do think that um you know if your energy and body composition is important to you it's aim to enjoy the main celebration days but get back onto your food and your training plan at at the date that you set prior to the holiday so it's almost like planning your holiday eating and drinking and training um, especially the eating and drinking and sort of enjoying it and then getting back on plan again so um so that would be my my tip there. So, Aileen, I think there's some great tips there. Thanks very much. Um, and really, the takeaway is uh, about having everything in moderation, um, and that's a, a that's an age old um, message, isn't it? Is everything in moderation? I think it is a, an important message. So, I think what we'll do now is just take a pause here for a quick advert break before we move on. So, back to you, Aileen. Okay, thanks, Karen. So this is the moment in the episode where Karen and I take a minute just to talk about what we're doing outside of the podcast. Um, so we thought today we'd just share with you um, our, our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program. Uh, we've talked about this this with you uh, on a number of occasions, and it, it's really there to help um, you resolve struggles with foundational every everyday healthy eating much as we've talked about today getting that balance um, so that you can fine-tune your everyday eating plan with sports nutritional principles which will help maximize your running performance and minimize injury um, so if you're interested it's a, a short um, but sweet uh, video program and you can complete it in 30 minutes a day over two weeks or you can take as long as you need to and as part of the um, program you have access to uh, join our private Facebook group where we um, can answer your questions whenever you whenever they arise. And you can also join our coaching circle, um, which um, is available to you every week. So you can actually come into our Zoom room and ask us questions and we can help coach you through 
any uh, tricky points that you might have. Um, so, you know, this this topic that we've talked about today would be a typical topic that is um, discussed at this time of year, but it can be anything from food to hydration to how do you manage your digestion, um, anything that would be of help to you. So if you've been thinking uh as we've been talking today, that you'd like to know more about how to apply both everyday nutrition alongside sports-specific nutrition, we think this program's a great place to give you information and easy action steps too. So you can find all the details on our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. Look at the top menu bar um, and uh, look at work with those and you'll find all the details there. And once you've had a look, if you've still got questions, email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and we'll be happy to answer them. And as a thank you to you as one of our valued listeners, we've got a special offer for you to use. If you'd like to purchase the program, uh, use coupon code POD, that's P-O-D, to get a 33% discount off the full price. And that brings the price down to £199. Um, You'll find a link in our show notes. uh, So you can head over there if you don't find it on the website. Um, We'd love to see you in the programme soon. Thanks very much, Aileen. Okay, so let's now think about what we do when we're socialising with family and friends, especially around this Christmas festive season. So I often feel that we can... Oh, we're good, fairly good at making good decisions most of the time, but it does become a bit more tricky when there is a lot of socialising with friends and family, and especially when they're offering their hospitality. Now, on these occasions, I feel it can be really difficult to stay on plan. And I'm sure that we touched on this last week, but it, I think it's good to to keep it top of mind. So, Aileen, thinking about that and the socialising with family and friends, what, what would be your top tips? Um, well, I think socialising tips, can you can apply these all year round, not necessarily just at Christmas. So I think the first thing is to plan ahead. Um, so a question that you can ask yourself is, you know, does this socialising occasion, whatever it is, is it, it where does it fit in the 80-20 approach? You know, am I going to be 80% on plan or is this my occasion where I'm going to be off plan? Um, and that will guide you in what your food decisions will be at, at that socialising event. Um, so, you know, are you eating out or are you being a guest in somebody's home? Um can, so if you're eating out, can you influence the choice of restaurant or the choice of food? Um, if you're a guest in somebody's home, um, maybe you can influence what's going to be on the menu or you can at least find out ahead of time, uh, you know, phone up, what, what, are you, what are you going to be cooking today? Can I bring anything that would go along with it? That might be a helpful way of just finding out uh, what's, what's going to be on offer and that's going to help you plan what you're going to eat earlier in the day before you do the socializing um my other thing i think is really important to say is make sure you eat and drink normally all day so don't skip anything don't think um oh i'm going to miss lunch because i'm going out for dinner this evening um and don't skip anything the next day so eat normally eat on plan and then whatever you do during that socializing occasion is going to be buffered by good eating and good drinking um, and that's going to really help your overall balance so as I said earlier you might want to check the menu ahead um, and the other thing that you could do is think about eating a nutritious snack before you arrive so 
say you know you're going to arrive at somebody's house at five o'clock, but you're probably not going to eat until 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the evening. That's quite a long time to be without food. And you might be then tempted to have all those snacks that we were talking about earlier. So if you have your nutritious snack before you leave home, um, you're not going to be as tempted. So I think that would be a really good thing to do uh, before you yeah definitely and it is something that I tend to do before uh, certainly if we're going round to friends for dinner I tend to have like a healthy snack maybe a couple of hours three hours beforehand so that I'm not going round there and I'm starving because it, it, it's the nibbles thing so usually nibbles aren't there before a meal and then you sort of so yeah and drinks as well so then you're in you know and sometimes you know your host or hostess might be delayed, you know. Yes, <laughs> to cook. Suddenly it's nine o'clock at night and you haven't had anything to eat and you've had several drinks, so yes. it's horribly wrong, can't it? Yeah, yeah. And your idea, Aileen, of, of phoning up and offering to, to, to bring a di- dish, I think that's a really good idea, you know, even if it's some healthy nibbles or maybe extra vegetables or a salad, just saying, oh, would you like me to bring this along? Um, it, it can be helpful for them, but also to help keep you on track with your, your eating as well. So thinking about that what is the best approach when you arrive at the table either in a restaurant or at somebody's house Aileen what would you suggest people think about um, maybe maybe when you're going to um to the table at a restaurant or or a get or, or you're a guest at somebody's home yeah well I think before the meal as we said earlier try to minimize or stay away from the pre-dinner dinner nibbles and and bread Uh, and if you've had that healthy snack before you get there you're probably not going to be tempted and you gave some good ideas of swaps so you know if if I'm arriving at a dinner you know and it's in a restaurant and you know they always ask you would you like bread and and I'll say no but can you bring a dish of olives because that can just uh, be an easy quick win and everybody usually enjoys them um I think also, you know, just getting back into the thinking about your alcohol, remember that alcohol includes calories, it includes um, glucose, so it does have a, a, a GL count. Um, so set yourself a limit, you know, think about, well, how much am I going to drink tonight? And, um, you know, we gave lots of really good tips on our last episode about managing alcohol intake. Drink plenty of water. Um so, you know, make sure that you ask for water, even if you're in somebody's home, just say, can I have a glass of water with that glass of wine? And people are usually happy to accommodate you. Um, you can usually follow plate balance, especially if you can serve yourself, um, you know, and, and do that even if it's like a, a buffet style meal. You know, think about the balance on your plate. And if, if you're in a restaurant and the plate comes and it's already plated up uh, and it it's missing something or or something extra to go with it. Typically, it tends to be vegetables that are missing. Um, so ask for a side salad, ask for an extra portion of something to help you. Um, and, and also think about portion control. This is really, I think, quite important in restaurants. So restaurants, in my, my uh, experience, you tend to either get two big portions or two small portions. <laughs> so, so you might have to, you know, if they're really tiny, you might not be getting the right balance. Um, but if they're oversized, um, that can also be a problem. So one of the things that I do is, especially if I'm going to have a starter and a main course, I will have two starters. Um, 
and then that manages the amount I'm eating and I'll have some healthy side dishes of salads or vegetables um and I think that's quite a common thing to do and a lot of my friends copy me now um so that allows you to have nice things but not overeat yeah I think that's a really good idea especially if people are looking at um sort of just managing what they eat or weight is is an issue for them or body composition is something that they're they're trying to manage then having the starter but then having another starter as the as the main course along with the the add-ons which tend to be extra vegetables is a really is is a really good idea Good. So the, the other thing, Karen, I think is really important is mindset. And I, I know we touched on that again last in the last episode. I just wondered if there's anything you'd like to say about having a good mindset today. Yeah, absolutely. One one thing I would say is, uh, and an important thing to say, is to consider you. What are your needs? What are, are the choices that you're going to make benefit you? Are, you, are they going to make you feel great? that day, that evening and the day after, or are you going to feel sluggish, low in energy, unable to train? So really think about you and your needs. And also, are you choosing the foods and the drinks just to feel that you're fitting in with what other people are having? Or is it going to support your goals? So just asking yourself these questions. And that sort of um, leads into that sort of um, mindful mindful eating mindful choices that we spoke about last week so um so so i would say think about those two and and really sort of at the end of the day your friends and your family are going to love you whatever you choose whatever you've got on your plate it's about you it's not about what you're eating so really again that feeds back into considering you and making the choices that are going to benefit you and at the end of the day, it's all about enjoying the occasion and enjoying the company. So really thinking about those positive mindsets as you go into a restaurant or you sit at the table with family and friends. So I know that we are really still a couple of weeks away from Christmas, but I do think it's a good idea to start thinking ahead and sort of getting into that um, healthy way of um thinking, that healthy mindset, getting the healthy foods in stock, making some of the healthy dishes that you spoke about, Aileen. So it's all about pre-prep, preparation, so that you're, you're surrounded by all the foods, the drinks, the mindset that's going to support you and what you want to achieve as you go through Christmas. So, um, so I think on that note, we'll uh, we'll stop and maybe round up and think about some of the key takeaways that people could take from this episode. So Aileen, would you like to um, to give us your key takeaways? Yes. So the key takeaways from uh, today's episode are to remember that a traditional Christmas meal has all the ingredients for a healthy plate. Um, so turkey um, is a lean, protein-rich um, food. It supplies tryptophan, which is an amino acid, which is a precursor for serotonin and melatonin. Um, the main source of carbohydrates on the festive plate are root vegetables. So all those lovely, uh, colourful root vegetables. So things like carrots, parsnips, potatoes. Uh, you might want to be a little bit less traditional and consider things like beetroot, sweet potatoes and celeriac. And when we're thinking about a half a plate of vegetables, 
load up with delicious uh, Brussels sprouts. We've given you some nice ideas and some spiced red cabbage. And remember, there's lots of other seasonal ingredients like chestnuts, walnuts, sage and cranberries, and probably a few others to add to your recipes. So um, enjoy your Christmas meal, knowing that it's um, it's going to be healthy and give you lots of nutrients. So our top tip is to follow an everyday plate balance on Christmas Day and every other day. Um, so quarter of a plate of protein, quarter of a plate of carbohydrates and half a plate of non-root vegetables uh, for the festive meals. Uh, unless, of course, you're following a moderate or hard training plan and then you would adjust the uh, the balance of, of carbohydrates. Um, remember, it's a good idea to set your own personal boundaries about what, when and how much you choose to eat and drink over the festive period. So it's your choice. Um if you plan ahead, uh, that's really going to serve you well. And also plan when you're going to return to your uh, food and running plan. So if you're having some time out and eating off plan, plan when you're going to get back on plan and that's going to help you too. And remember when you're choosing uh, whatever you're going to eat or drink, ask yourself a question, will this make me feel good today, tomorrow and next week? And that's going to help you make the best choices. And finally, enjoy celebrating with festive food and drinks um, when you're spending time with family and friends. And as far as possible, follow an 80-20 approach and uh, you'll get through Christmas fit and healthy and ready to start the new year. Great. Thanks very much, Aileen. And I think it is really good to remind us all that many of the festive foods that we have are healthy so long as we choose well and we minimise the treats. So some really great tips there for everybody to support you as you go through the Christmas season. And remember, don't let the festive nutrition be the limiting factor in your new year running performance. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to try out some new menu ideas. Many of our clients are looking for new ways to help them introduce a healthy food plan, which also supports their running performance. So we designed our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program, and it's for runners of all abilities. We take you through a series of short videos and action steps to help you create a food plan to suit your running training. The program includes downloadable menu ideas, food lists, meal plans, and athlete plate diagrams for different training levels. And you get the added bonus of being invited to free online trainings and Q&As with Aileen and Karen. So you'll always have the opportunity to get some personal input into your runner's nutrition plan. Please check out the program at runnershealthhub.com or if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. We'd love to see you join us on the program. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. 
All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at AmazingJane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.